We are in an awesome series here at the church. This series is entitled Shaken, and we are in the final message of that, of that series entitled The Milestone. And today I pray as we get into this service, and I know that there's a lot of people here, maybe you're not uh, from Harvest Point Church, could I, could I uh, uh, encourage you that the word that you're going to hear today is for you? And that even though you might be visiting, this might be your first time here, the word of the Lord is going to comfort your heart, it's going to be part of your life. So even though you're kind of visiting and part of the church family here today just for an hour or so, I can encourage you that what you're about to hear is the voice of God, the purpose of God in your life. So just open up your heart. You're around family. This is a wonderful place to be. And if you look around, you'll see that Harvest Point Church is a church built on families, built on love. And so I know that you'll be exhorted in faith and exhorted in the word of the Lord today as we get into some conversations. Amen. So just, just know there'll be people kind of moving about. And I know that we'll get as many people into the main sanctuary as we can. As chairs become available, seats become available, we'll get you into the house of the Lord. If you're in 1 Peter, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. And this again is the end, the final message in this series called Shaken. And today we're talking about the church. How many did they know that in these days the very church is being shaken? I'm talking about churches all over the world are being shaken. And do you know that if we leave the formation of why we're a church, if we, if we miss those principles, then we can be shaken and become irrelevant in these last days. I believe that we're going to be a relevant church. I believe Harvest Point Church is relevant in its hour, relevant in its day, and we're raising up men and women who are warriors for the kingdom of heaven. Do I have an amen out there? We got some warriors in here, some children of God, some true soldiers. Amen. If you're in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to start reading here at verse 4. I'm going to take it all the way through verse 10. And I want to give emphasis to a few verses here. I want to give emphasis to verse 5 and verse 9. So emphasis to verse 5 and verse 9. And so just bear with me as I read through this particular passage. Many of you know that while you're there in 1 Peter, uh, I'm going to read a portion out of Hebrews 10, because out of Hebrews 10, this is where we're holding as a foundational passage of scriptures. We've gone through this series called Shaken. It says this, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another. Oh, pardon me. I'm in the wrong chapter. Jump over here. thought somebody was going to catch me. Excuse me. Uh, uh, here we go. General assembly. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. This is Hebrews 12, 23. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than Abel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh, for they that escape not who refused him that spake on earth. This speaking of Jesus, of course. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven whose voice then shook the earth, but now have promised, saying, Yet months, once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And I pray you cannot be shaken. Amen. Wherefore, we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Woo! Hallelujah. This, again, 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 4, reads like this. This is the text for the morning message. To whom coming 
as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Now, verse 5 is for you. I want you to hear this. But ye, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up acceptable sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, hear this, a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Brother and sister, you won't be shaken. Unto you therefore which believe is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builder disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Now watch this, verse 9. This is for you. But ye are a chosen generation, a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Y'all seen that? That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Ah, oh, come on, somebody. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And what a marvelous verse that is for us today that we have obtained the mercy of the Lord. Will you pray with me as we get into the morning message? Pray with me. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for, Father, as fleeting as it may be, these, these few moments, these moments together will be of edification to the family of faith. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you take hold of this place, that you steal it, Father. Holy Spirit, that you make this place, uh, 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 creating here an atmosphere for the supernatural, for the Almighty, for your purpose. Holy Spirit, move upon our hearts. Stir us. Move us your direction. Help us. That in these last days, we be unshakable. And I pray that for the family of faith. I pray for the people of God. I pray blessing upon each and every person that's hearing and doing as they hear the word of the Lord speak. And we pray your blessing and purpose that we move forward. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, before you see it, I need you to do me a big favor. I want you to go find three people. So important you catch this. I want you to tell them that you are a milestone. Will you go get somebody, find three people, give them a hug and tell them you are a milestone. Go find them, go find them. Tell them you are a milestone. You are a milestone. You are a milestone. You are a milestone. Karen, you are a milestone, Karen. Brother Taylor, you are a milestone. Sister Dorcas, you are a milestone. Brother Josh, you are a milestone. Prissy, you are a milestone. Adrian, you're a milestone. We are milestones in the kingdom of God. Milestones.
We are milestones. It, it has always been my consideration of the church, and in particular the church in which we are now in this culture, that we're just too quiet. We don't speak enough. Ah. I think the church in this hour, the time that the world really needs to hear about God, we've just become so silent. It's almost as though you're trying to make me to think that God has never done anything for you. When I know better, I know my God's been good to you. Touch your neighbor and say, God's been good to you. We, we've got a whole culture of church family that's been relegated to silence. And then we say to ourselves, when will the world ever come to Christ? We've just become too quiet. Do, do you know that you are a milestone? Do, do you know that your salvation, your experience in Christ was dynamic and full of the supernatural power of God? Most folk don't even recognize that what happened to you was supernatural. You were saved by the revelation of God. <laughs> do you know that before God created anything, he said, let there be light? He wasn't talking about the sun or the stars or the moon. He was talking about revelation. Friend, do you know that the Spirit of God revealed to you that Jesus Christ is Lord? <laughs> That's how you got saved. You didn't find God. God found you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, God found you. You acting like you came in there all by yourself. Friend, you better know who saved you. God saved you. And the, the agency of the Spirit of God revealed to you the identity of Christ. This is the foundation of all of the kingdom. It is supernatural. I think you don't know how great of a supernatural act of God it was to bring you to realize that Jesus Christ is Lord. We, we see this play out in the 16th chapter of St. Uh, Matthew. It says this. You've heard this before. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, To whom did they say the Son of Man in? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elias or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus, but who do you say that I am? And it was Simon. It was Simon who said, I believe that thou art the Christ. Catch this, the Son of of the living God. Do, do, do you know that the name Simon uh, or Simeon or, or Shema, as they say in Hebrew, it is to say one who hears. Let me say that one more time. Do you know that the name Simon, we, we say sometimes Simeon, in, in, in Hebrew it's Shema, is one that hears. Now, let me say it one more time. That the name Simon, Simeon, Shema, is one who hears and acts on what he hears. 
he, he, he operates in accordance to what he hears. So here is Simon, the hearer, hearing from God the identity of his son. And he says, I believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And watch what happens. Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you, the hearer. Not everybody hears that. Friend, listen, you need to know how unique you are. You heard the Holy Spirit reveal to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You heard that. Otherwise, you won't be here. <laughs> I know you're here for the baby dedication, but you get it. You understand what I'm saying, that, that you wouldn't have come to the knowledge of Jesus had the Spirit of God not given to you, catch this, revelation. In other words, for all the people that tell me, preacher, I want to hear God, I think that's such a strange thing to hear because you heard it in your salvation. Amen. Simon, blessed art thou. Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And hear this, Simon. You are now Peter. And upon this rock will I build my church. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And guess what, milestone? I'm going to give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bound shall be bound on earth as it's bound in heaven. Whatever you loose shall be loose on earth as it is loosed in heaven. I'm going to give you power. Milestone. You don't know how great it is for you to know that Jesus Christ is God's son. You, you don't know the half of it, man. That is revelation moving in your life. Uh, th th this, this, this is what I call the light that lives in you. Y'all got to hear that. You see, when, G when God stepped out and said, let there be light, what he was saying is let there be revelation. Do you know how profound that is? Do, do, do you know that there was a story in St. John 10 where, where they came to, to stone Jesus? And, and you know what their accusation was? How long will you cause us to doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus, I've told you, but you won't believe. The very works that I do in my Father's name, they testify of me, but you won't believe. You won't believe because you're not my sheep. Watch what Jesus says. Because my sheep hear my, hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. I wonder how many sheeps we got in here this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, bam, bam, bam. Because you know what? Baby, if you ain't a sheep, you ain't nothing in the kingdom of God. Did you hear it or did you not hear it? And if you heard and you've come to the identity, that premise, that place, that you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you have heard from the Holy Spirit. You now have light on the inside of you. I'll give it to you like this. Now you can hear God. Do you remember the story, St. John chapter 9? The Bible says the disciples were walking by. They saw a man there begging alms. Uh, pardon me. A blind man, excuse me. That's Acts 3. How about Acts 3? Y'all know Acts 3? First miracle after Pentecost. Men begging alms. Peter and John on the way up to the temple, beautiful, to worship the Lord. And the Bible says that as they were going, they heard the men begging alms. And the Bible says that Peter stopped and fastened his eyes on him. 
You see, God was talking to him. He went over to the blind man. He says, look on me. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says he extended his right hand, and the man jumped up and leaped. And they all went praising into the temple. How amazing. You see, Peter was hearing for the first time in his life. Do you know that later they came and they said, listen, we want to know by what power and whose name did you do this miracle? You know what Peter said? Let it be known to everybody and to all of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, does this man stand here before you whole? You know what he said? And this is the stone which was set at naught, at nothing before ye builders, which has become the chief of the corner. This is the stone. What's the foundation? Uh, you heard Jesus say this, right? Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and do with them, I will show you to who he is like. He is like a man who built a house, watch this, and digged deep and laid upon a foundation. And when the floods arose and the stream bit vehemently against that house, it could not shake it. For it was founded on a rock. Friend, if you got saved because you heard God, why did you stop listening? We can hear God. Friend, we have a vehicle called the Holy Spirit who helps us to hear the very voice of God. You say, well, what does that mean? I'll get back to my little favorite story. One of my favorite passages, St. John 9. You know the story. The disciples were walking by. They saw a man born, born blind. Congenital blindness. And they said to themselves... Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it his sins or the sins of his parents? And Jesus says, neither. Was it the sin of his parents nor his sins? But that the works of God would be made manifest in him. I have come to work that work while it is still day. Because you see, when night comes, no man can work. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What's the light, preacher? That you can hear God. Preacher, what's the light of the world? You hear God. He moves upon us. He stirs us. He touches your conscience. The Spirit of God inspires. It gives us revelation to God. And friend, if you haven't been inspired lately, you're probably not walking with God anymore. Did you catch that? How amazing it is that this stone, this chief cornerstone, The ability to hear God, to know that God is speaking, is a revelation, is a light. Do you know that Jesus said, so let that light so shine. Uh, Let it shine so brightly that men may see it and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Brother and sister, no man lights a candle and puts it under a bushel. But what does he do? He puts it on a candlestick, puts it high in the room that the whole room may benefit from the light. Have you been hearing God lately? Or have you just been a little too busy? How many know you can get busy and you stop hearing? I think there's a lot of people in here today. You've just been real busy and you stopped hearing. But if you would slow down. I think there's a lot of people so busy you've stopped praying. Oh, that you would slow down. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to slow down, baby. You, 
you're busy about a lot of things except God. <laughs> Friend, you're a milestone. You are a milestone because you're here because you have an experience with God. You heard the Spirit say, this is the Son of God. It's a milestone. Do, do you know that God is in the habit of, of using things that you don't think you could use to actually be something that he does use to come find people who think they're really smart? How many remember, some of you, some of you look, you're still young, but some of y'all might remember, I grew up in the time, 1975, y'all remember when the Pet Rock came out? Yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've ever heard of the Pet Rock. Raise your hand if, I mean, it, they sold it in the store, just, just a few of us. If you've never heard it, go study it. A, a, a guy had an ingenious idea, he, he packaged in a, little, in a little cage, he put a rock in there. People were buying them. These are the pet rocks. They're real good. They'll stay if you tell them to stay. You could tell that pet rock, sit, and it'll sit. You could even tell it, play dead. The rock would play dead. Do you know that man became a millionaire selling rocks? The fat only lasted a year because everybody knows the best pet, the best pet is a pet that's alive. Let me say that one more time. Everybody knows the best pet is a pet that's alive. Come on, somebody. The best pet is the pet that's living. Let me say it one more time. The best pet is a pet that's alive. If you don't think so, go home and see your dog there. You're going to be crying. The best pet is the pet that's alive. Do, do, Do you know that your milestone, God made you a lively stone? That you're no longer a dead stone, you're an alive stone. And God said, what I'm going to do in the church is I'm going to take lively stones, vigorous stones, alive people, and I'm going to mesh them together. And they're going to bear witness of who I am. Look at your neighbor and say, you have something to say about God. Why are you keeping it a secret? God's been using stones all the way through the Bible to show you that he was going to build his church on the stone. Anybody here know a man by the name of Jacob? Jacob, in the 28th chapter, if you get a chance, read Genesis 28. Do you know that Jacob was on the run, and the Bible says that he got to a place where where the sun was setting and, and the evening was coming. He made a fire, and the Bible says he got a stone, and out of that stone made for himself a pillow. The Bible says he slept upon that stone, and while he slept, he had a dream that, that heaven opened. And the ladder descended, angels going up and down that ladder. And he said to myself, how fearful this is that this stone, this place where I slept, is the house of God. The Bible says he got up and he got that stone and he set it up for a pillar and he poured oil. He says, this place is where God is. This is the gateway to heaven. Friend, it was a milestone. How many remember the story of a man by the name of Moses? Moses was traveling, sojourning with the people of God, and they, 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 they came to a, a place called Rephidim. They had ran out of water. The Bible says that the nation of Israel was so upset that Moses had guided them into the wilderness that they picked up stones to stone him. The Bible says Moses and Aaron went to the t- tabernacle. The Bible says the glory of God came down. God says, Moses, 
Don't worry. You see that rod I gave you? It does miraculous things with water. What I need you to do is go to Mount Horeb, take your, your rod and strike the rock. Water will flow. The Bible says Moses did it, God had said, he struck the rock, and water gushed forth. And all of the nation of Israel drank. They had to drink. They called the place Massah because God tested them there. It's interesting that they found themselves again needing water. This time at Kadesh. Numbers 20, if you want to read it. Uh, the, the Bible says, now watch this, catch this. The Bible says that, that the people picked up stones to stone Moses again. And so Aaron and Moses fled to the tabernacle. The glory of God came down and said, Lord, they don't want to stone us. And, and, and we don't have no water. What are we doing? Well, this is what God said. Moses, what I want you to do. Don't worry about the rod anymore. Just speak to the rock. Just, just go talk to the rock. You don't have to strike it anymore. Just, just, just go talk. Just, just speak. <laughs> they, they called the place Meribah because they quarreled with God. You know the story. You know what happened. Moses got a little indifferent with the people and he got that rod. And he says, oh, you rebels. You want me to bring you water? Here it is. And hit that rock two times. Water flew. Water gushed forth. But God said this, Moses, you're not going to get the promise. You didn't honor me. What a different place we would be living in if Moses would have simply spoken to the rock. What's the quarreling about? You, you know, brothers and sisters, we still quarrel with God. Uh, we haven't learned that the revelation of God was that I hear you and you hear me. What's the point of arguing? The Bible says we have this confidence that if he hears us, we know we have what we've asked for. Somebody say hallelujah. You see, let me say it again because somebody needs to hear it this morning. We have this confidence that if we ask God anything according to his will, and if we know that he hears us, we know that we have what we've asked God for. Ah, that's an answer to your prayer. Well, you look at your neighbor and say, that's an answer to your prayer. You act like nobody's listening. Friend, how did you get here if you didn't listen? You're the milestone. You're the only one that can tell us, did you hear God or did you not hear God? Ah, oh, somebody. Y'all know the story. Moses doesn't get to get into the promised land. In fact, he dies. Isn't it funny to see the schizophrenia of Israel that wanted to stone him now that he's gone? They don't know what to do. That, isn't that weird? That how much they, 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 they rebelled against his words and, and the leadership. It wasn't until he died that they understood just who he was. Let me speak that to a leader in here today. They're going to know who you are when you pass away. I'm going to say like the world says, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Then you're going to find out what true, divine, godly leadership is. You're going to be thankful that there were people around you that could hear God when you couldn't hear God for yourself. And they came and you sat down and they spoke to you the word of the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. 
Thank God that somebody is hearing the Lord, that there's a message to be preached. How many are glad the Bible says that we should be glad? How beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of heaven. When you couldn't hear God for yourself, somebody was before the Lord, making sure that they heard God, that there might be a milestone. Y'all know the story that, that Moses passes away, but they're about to go into the promise. Some of y'all know these stories well. How many, how many of you have heard of the River Jordan? River Jordan, where, where before they could get to the promise, it was the River Jordan. But when the time that they got there, in that season, the, the, the river had over swollen its banks. And so they couldn't walk across uh, the River Jordan. But I love what God said in this past week. And I'm mindful of the time. This past week when I was, you know, just kind of preparing my mind, the Spirit of the Lord rem reminded me of Joshua 1.5 where, where, where the Father says to Joshua, As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. He says, this is what I want you to do, Moses. You know, God's a God of stones. Let me say it again. God's a God of stones. I'm getting to the end of it. I'm almost done. Look at your name and say, he's almost done. That's my first close. I have seven, so just mark that down. That's one. Put your finger out like that. See, he got six more of these, right? Check this out. This is what I want you to do, Joshua. Get the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of Jesus. Let the priest come out, and the moment that their feet touch that river, I'm going to divide it for you. Joshua didn't know that the reason why Jericho got so closely shot up, the Bible said they, they shut that town up, is because they saw the water that began to stack up. And they were watching the Israelites come over that Jordan. See, God was with them. The Bible says when they saw that water stop and the water began to mount and stuff, they saw water piling up like a hill, that their hearts melted. And they feared God. And they feared the Israelites. But the Bible says that he said, listen, when, the Israel, when, when those priests, uh, when their feet touch the edge of the banks of the river, I'm going to divide it. But it's very important that I want you to make sure you select 12 men, one man out of each tribe. Right. And as they go through this river, the river bottom, I want them to get a stone. <laughs> Look at your name and say, our God is a God of stones. I want you to get a stone and, 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 and take those stones, and when you get over to the other side, I just want you to place them there, place all the stones together. Yeah. Uh, th they were in Kadeshians, and I want you to stay there, and, and, I, and I want you to do something special for me, Joshua. So they took all the stones, and, and they piled them up, and, and as they got over the cross, it says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to call your children, and I want you to remind them. When they say, what meaneth these stones? What does this mean? What are these stones about? They are milestones. You see, those stones came out of that river bottom. When God dried it up, when God was with us, when his hand moved and travailed, that God did something miraculous. God did something awesome. And, and these stones are there as a memorial to you. They're, they're there to remind you of just how faithful God is and how awesome God is and what he's done and the awesomeness of the Lord. I look out to a church today and I say, you've been way too quiet, baby. God said, I'm going to make you a stone. I'm going to make you a lively stone. And what are you supposed to do? Uh, you're supposed to be glorifying God. Uh, and 
and speaking about the Lord and telling your kids just how great God is, that God brought me through that and he took me through this. And my God's been faithful to me. My God's been good to me. I wish I had more people than that. You acting like God ain't done nothing for you. Will you clap your hands and give reverence to God and say, my God been good to me. My God's been good. 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 Let me say to somebody, my God's been good. Uh, and I'm obligated to say just how great my God's been. I think some of us don't realize that even in our apathy, God's been faithful. You see, the Bible says we've obtained mercy. You know what mercy is? You didn't get what you deserve to get. Some of you ought to be clapping your hands right there to that. I didn't get what I should have got, but my God was merciful to me. What's happening in the church today is a crime against heaven. You stop talking. You stop sharing. Friend, you are way too private. You're not sharing. You're not speaking. You're not talking about it. You're not at the dinner table talking about God's goodness. You're not reflecting about just how great God is. How many know our God is great? Can I say this to you? Our God is exceedingly, abundantly able to do more than what we would ask of Him, more than what we could even imagine, friend. The church, the church is suffering because the stones have stopped speaking. We come to church for a lot of other reasons other than God. Do you know today that today is what we call a worship service? Uh It's the time that we come to church to give glory to God for what he's done. Because you've been so quiet, I can see he's done very little. Uh, Maybe you're waiting for the person next to you to get excited, but maybe they've done nothing with God. Or or maybe their life has become so narcissistic that they think that it was by their abilities and by their powers and by their intellect that they've done something this past week. But could I encourage the rest of you who will stop back and say, you know what, my God's been really good to me this week. I mean, I mean, if all that I could ever, I mean, I mean, I mean, I got up and I had, I had ability, my mind was moving and I had sight, I had strength that today we come to worship God. Friend, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you worship God because He is God? When's the last time you shared with somebody just how good God's been to you? You know, often I run into people and they say, Pastor, you need to try this new restaurant. Man, they've got some stuff over there. You're going to love it. And, man, you're going to like it and go over there. And listen, this is what the menu is. And, man, this is the prices. And you're just going to, man, you, you, you're not going to believe what they're giving. Man, the servings are so great. Man, you're going to, the service, everybody's so nice. And, and, then, and then, you know, we talk about restaurants. We talk about football teams. Oh, you can't wait. This next year, the Cowboys, they're going to win it this next year. Let me tell you something, man. This last year, they had a little bit of bad luck. But you just wait on, man. They're going to make some changes this year. And Jerry Jones, he's going to get on the ball. We're going to find the 
right people. We're going to let some people go. We're going to bring some people in. But, man, I'm going to tell you, I'm behind my team, man. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm Dallas Cowboys, do or die. I, I'm going to ride with them to the very end. And here's God who said, I've made you a lively stone that your life should bear forth the praises that is due me. And I'm here to tell you, brother and sister, God is due the praise. He's due the glory. Do I have a witness out there? Listen, church. I'm going to have you stand. Okay, so th th this is my second close. But I need to tell you something, man. This is something that you just need to lay hold of this. Part of being a lively stone, part of, part of being a person, part of your life in giving God glory is this. Do, do you know that when you worship the Lord, watch, watch, the Lord says this, ye are a chosen generation. And living in these last days, you're going to need to be chosen in these last days. He says, you're, you're a chosen generation a royal priesthood, watch this, a holy nation, a peculiar people. The Bible says that you should show forth the praises of him. Listen, listen to this. Who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. Don't catch that. Maybe you've heard this verse before. Let us consider one another to provoke to love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, I'm convinced that God did some really good things this week. And you know, sometimes we come to church and we don't think God is about nothing. When in reality, he's about everything. And we come into the house of the Lord and it's almost like we, we've got to coddle you to do the very thing you should be doing instinctively in the Spirit of God, but to lift your hands and worship God for His goodness. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, it, it's time for us to mature ourselves in the Lord. Because if we don't mature ourselves, this church will be shaken. You know why it's going to be shaken? Because we're not declaring the glories of God that is due Christ. Do you know that when we glorify the Lord, we magnify his name, we enlarge, we enlarge the Lord in our eyes? I'm convinced that God's been very good to all of you. You say, preacher, I got problems. You got problems because you got problems. Somebody cut that. Who cut that? Somebody cut that. They say, you got problems because you're the problem. It's not God. My God said, if you'll turn and face me, I'll do something extraordinary in your life. I look around and I see people delivered from cancer. I see people that God rescued out of a bad situation, out of a bad marriage. I see some of you that your testimony, man, let me, let me tell you what the Bible says. That they overcame, this is the last day church, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Watch this. We're not afraid even to their death. Where are those people this morning? Then they say, preacher, you don't need to encourage me anymore. My hands go up. My hands go up to worship you. Pastor, you don't got to preach no more. 
My hands go up to a holy God, a mighty God, a wonderful God. Listen, I'm not going to be shaken because, because I know where my help comes from. I dig deep. I dig deep. I heard the Lord. I heard the Lord. I live for God. Today as we finish this series, Shaken, can I encourage somebody to worship with me? Just for a moment, I won't keep, it's not even 12 o'clock yet. Come on, it's not going to hurt you to lift your hands and worship. It's not going to do you any harm to say, you know what, preacher, I lift my hands in adoration to God. And I say, Father, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. That somebody in here might say, you know what, Father, thank you for finding me. Thank you for the revelation that lives in me. Thank you that I can still hear your voice. That I'm not so far gone that you still can't touch my heart and move me towards you. My God's been good. Church family, why don't, if you're here, just worship for a minute. Just worship. Megan, you've got a song. You've got something coming. And before she sings, I want to speak to somebody special today.